Good evening, everybody. It's time to begin our service. Tonight we'll have one song, and then we'll have an, our announcements. I don't see David, so I'm hoping Mike has them. Uh, two more songs, and Chris has our lesson. Unfortunately, the projector is not functioning again. So this is a songbook-only night. And don't forget, when I get back up here after announcements, you still got to use your songbooks. <laughs> All right, so our first song tonight is going to be 932. 932, Holy Ground, and we'll actually go into 933 right below it as well. 932 and 933. If you would, let's stand for this song, please. Be seated. Good evening. Just got a few announcements before we get back into our worship service here. Uh, youth events coming up this Tuesday, August the 8th. The boys will meet at the Knapps house, and the girls are going to meet at Earl and Portia Davis's house for a pool party and hot dogs. This is for teens only, and they're going to be meeting at 3 p.m. Again, it's this Tuesday, August the 8th. Uh, next weekend, next Friday and Saturday, August 11th and 12th, there'll be a camp out at Lake Vesuvius. This is for pre-kindergarten uh, pre through 12th grade. Bring your own tent if you plan on coming to that, and uh, check-in is at 11 a.m. Uh, if you'd like to ride the bus, meet at the building at 1015. Again, that's uh, August 11th and 12th. The Transform Ladies Conference, this is... Um, an event's going to be held in Pigeon Forge on September the 8th through the 10th. The registration has been extended to August 15th for that, but please see uh, and let Tanya Ward know by this Sunday if you plan on attending that. Uh, she's trying to make plans for with the, uh, the lodging. 
The Polishing the Pulpit is uh, scheduled for Wednesday, August 16th through the 24th. If you have any questions about that, just see Chris. Uh, as far as the prayer list, uh, John Klein, um, he's going to have heart valve replacement, um, more tests, I guess, August 14th. Jimmy Wilgus, uh, his cancer has returned, so we need to keep him in our prayers. I know he's going to uh, Columbus, I think, for um, tomorrow, I believe, and Thursday for some uh, testing, and he's going to be up there for a while, so we need to keep him in our prayers. Uh, Sean Maynard and Jim Haney, uh, Cynthia Picklesheimer's dad, Jim Martin, he fell and was hospitalized. I just saw today, I think he got moved to a rehab hospital. He's going to be there for a little over a week. Uh, Amber Spitzer, uh, Terry Baker's mom, Emma, and then uh, Joe and Sandy Galloway's daughter, Jeff's daughter, Merritt, um, just recently diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Just need to keep, keep her in our prayers. And also, uh, Portia asks that we uh, pray for Trey Davis. He has some cord hearings that are coming up pretty soon, so ask for, for prayers for him. That is all the announcements that I have. Is there anything else that needs to be announced at this time? Okay, let's go to God in prayer. Dear God, we come to you at this time, Father, thanking you for this another day that you've blessed us with. We thank you for being our God and for your grace and your mercy. And we thank you for Jesus, Father, the, the love that you've shown us through him and the sacrifice that he made for us that, that brings us into a relationship with you, Father, that we have access to you and can, can pray to you and in the hope that we have with eternal life, Father. We thank you so much for that. And thank you, Father, for our church family here at Rome and for the all the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us as a congregation and and father we do ask um, for your uh, for prayers at this time for those that are struggling with various health issues those that have been mentioned uh, ask that you be with John and be with Jimmy father as he's dealing with his cancer again and, and continue to be with Sean and, and Jim and um, be with Cynthia's dad Jim uh, Jim Martin as he recovers we just pray for him and and be with Merritt, Father, and ask your blessings upon her as she's um, dealing with type 1 diabetes. And, and be with uh, Trey and that family, Father, and the things that he's um, getting ready to face with the court hearings. And, and Father, we just thank you that we can approach you in prayer. We know you hear our prayers. And, and Father, we just ask that you'd be with us um, the rest of our time here this evening as we uh, hear another lesson from your word. And as we depart to our Bible classes, that you'll be with us as Bible students that will um, study and, and, and put our attention towards, towards your word, Father, that we will grow in it and, and become better servants for you, Father, and be with those that are prepared and, and studied to lead our discussions and pray you give them the, the recollection of those things that they have prepared and and Father, just pray that everything that we do here this evening pleases you and, and that we give you all the glory. Father, forgive us when we do fall short. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen. Next song is number 977. 977 in the books. The battle belongs to the Lord. Heavenly armor will enter the land, the battle belongs to the Lord. No weapon that fashioned against us will stand. 
our song before the lesson this evening. It's number 829. 829. Mansion over the hilltop. I'm satisfied with just a kind of Mark in your books, the song of invitation will be number 421, 421, Love Lifted Me. Chris. I really like reading biographies. I don't know how many of you guys do, but I grew up reading a lot of fiction, a lot of works of fiction and fantasy and stuff like that, but as I've gotten older, I've turned more towards biographies, uh, historical characters. I'm intrigued by the presidential biographies and the guys that... Um, have helped form history throughout the ages. I like being plopped down right in the middle of their story and figuring out what they did that was so significant. I want to hear about their childhood. I want to hear about their death and everywhere, everything in between. In Exodus chapter 19, you kind of get a similar setting there. God will continually come back to the exodus from Egypt throughout Scripture and point at that as a symbol of his power, of his deliverance for his people, of his love for them. And so he's going to keep on coming back to that symbol time and time again. But another symbol that comes on the other side of Exodus 19 and Exodus 20 is the giving of the Ten Commandments. And that's another thing that's going to shape history, at least for the Jewish nation, 
uh, for forever. And so I'm, I'm intrigued when we come to Exodus chapter 19 about what's going on. How did they prepare for this? They've just seen this incredible thing coming off the hills of the, the Exodus from Age of the Ten Plagues. They, they've just seen something that was incredible, un, unspeakable. Um, and then they're going to this place where it's going to change history too. And so I'm intrigued as we start in Exodus chapter 19, what's going on and how they prepare for this incredible moment in history. And so that's why I wanted to spend our time tonight just for a few minutes. Exodus chapter 19, we're going to start in verse 1. On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day they came into the wilderness of Sinai. I'm, I'm assuming you've never seen a picture of the wilderness of Sinai, but it is desolate. Think uh, desert, but mountains. And so it's a mountainous area that is arid and, and hot. Um, there's nothing there. If you look at pictures, go home and Google pictures, and you'll see not a single tree in this area. There are mountains aplenty. There is uh, sand, lots of sand, but not any shade, not not anything. And that's where they come to at the base of Mount Sinai. And it's been now three months since they left Egypt. So they've been kicking around in the wilderness for about three months, and now they're they're finally ready to receive God's law. This is where they've been going to. This is the the target they've been aiming at for the last three months, and finally they're ready now to, to receive the law. In verse 2, they set out from Rephidim and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. He's going to use eagles' wings several times throughout Scripture, too. And they are a picture of protection. Um, I, I did, went back and did a little bit more research on this today. And I found out that eagles supposedly don't carry their, their young in their talons like a lot of other birds do. They, they let them ride on their backs. Not that that was kind of interesting. That's, that's the safest spot for them, for the baby eagles to, to ride. And God's saying, I've, I've protected you this far. I've brought you out of Egypt. I've done something that people are going to point to for the rest of history as a sign of God's power. I've done this thing, and I've borne you on eagle's wings. I've kept you protected, and I made it fast. Would you ever be able to believe, ever conceptualize, that one to two million people would be able to leave the greatest power on the planet this plant uh, this uh this national power this superpower egypt is the superpower of their day they're just going to give up one to two million slaves but it happens through god's power he does it and it's interesting to me that he says i brought you to myself this is what they've been angling for the entire time. This is the, the target that they've been aiming at since even before Egypt. Since God said to Abraham, Abraham that you're going to be a special people. That your descendants are going to be mine. And that I'm going to bless you with this land that flows with milk and honey. This is what he's been angling at this entire time. 
He loves fellowship. It's all about fellowship for him. From even beyond Moses, all the way back to when he created Adam and Eve, created us specially, right? We were talking about um, this, this passage yesterday in our, in our Devo with, uh, with some of the guys that went rock climbing with us at the wreck. And uh, Derek pointed out that this is a, a special creation. I've seen this, uh, I've read through this passage before, I've never really thought about it like that. Uh, but he's right. So when God created the animals, he, he just created them and there they were. But for man, he took extra time and, and there was extra intention and he, he touched us and he made us like him and he gave us a, a piece of him when he breathed life into us. And all of that is because he loves fellowship with us with humanity and now finally he has selected this family out of all the families on the planet he has selected Abraham's family to be his he's going to say in just a little bit treasured possession but here he's saying I've brought you I brought you to myself because he loves to be in fellowship with us what a powerful thought that is right it's incredible that he would allow that much less that he would desire that, much less that he would sacrifice himself to make that possible. Isn't that incredible that he would give up so much so that he could be in fellowship with, with us? And that has been his M.O. since the beginning of time. Look what it has, look at the lengths to which he has gone to have fellowship with Old Testament Israel. It's incredible, right? He loves fellowship with us. I, th I think that thought um, is ought to awaken in us this huge desire to be close to Him. Uh, if He wants us that bad, how strong should be my desire to be close to Him, right? Toward the end of this chapter... Uh, God's going to remind Moses. He's already told him, but he's going to remind him, don't let the children of Israel break out. Because I'm wondering <coughs> if, let me rephrase that. Toward the end of this chapter, he's going to remind Moses, don't allow the children of Israel to break out of the barriers that I've told you to set up at the base of the mountain. Don't allow them to push past those. Don't allow them to trample those. Because if they do, I will be forced to eradicate them. I'll be forced to punish them, to annihilate them, to, uh, to, to, to make it like they never happened. That's, that's the word he uses um, toward the end of this chapter in uh, Exodus 19, verse 24. He's going to use two different words. When he uses breakthrough for the children of Israel, it's like they're trampling. It's like they're walking across the barriers. But when he says, I'm going to break out against the people, um, the idea there is not just punishment, but complete destruction. Um, and so he wants to be with people. He longs to be with his creation, with us. But there are qualifications that we have to meet to be in fellowship with him. Not just anybody can come to him. It's not appropriate for just anyone to come to him. There are qualifications that people have to meet in order to come to him. Listen back up in, in uh, Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. 
right after he reminds Moses that he's brought the children of Israel on eagle's wings to himself so he can have fellowship with them. He says in verse 5, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. We're going to get to that last little bit there. But I want you to think about your his treasured possession and what it takes to be that treasured possession. What does it take to be God's treasured possession? He tells you here, right? You don't, you're not left in the dark. You don't, you don't have to guess. He tells you what it takes for them to be his treasured possession. They need to obey his voice and they need to keep his covenant, right? They need to obey his voice and keep his covenant. This covenant is this agreement he's got with Israel. And like we were talking about in our Devo yesterday, uh, he sets out the, the uh, ideals, he sets out this contract, and you agree to it or you, you disagree to it. You, you can either agree or you can walk away. And so he's saying, you guys have agreed to my contract, or at least you will. Because Exodus 20, he's actually going to give them this contract and they're going to agree to it. But it's also that they need to obey his voice. There needs to be that longing. There needs to be that desire. So that, that they would long to be with him to the extent that they would break out against these barriers. Um, and, and ignore the consequences and just to be close to him. It's, it's the picture of, uh, of a parent looking into a burning house and seeing their children. All of us parents know exactly what we would do, right? You, you run into the house and, and the fact that the building is going to collapse on you doesn't even enter your mind just now. It's that your children are in there and you're going to get them out no matter what. No matter the consequences, you're going in that building, right? And I think that may be one of the things that he wants us to get from Exodus chapter 19 is that our desire to be close to him needs to be such that the consequences don't matter. Because there will be consequences, right? He says that you need to count the cost for following me. There will be consequences. If you live upright, righteous lives, there's going to be pushback, isn't there? There's going to be losses that you're going to have to take. There's going to be sacrifices necessary, right? He says, you want to be so close to me that you ignore the consequences. They don't matter. All that matters is that you're close to me. If you can do that and you will keep my covenant, if you have the passion and you're willing to obey, to submit to me, then you can become my treasured possession. What's so interesting is what happens in verse 6. All the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Peter co-ops those words, and he applies them to us, to the church. He says, it's not, spirit, it's, not, it's not physical Israel anymore that are the kingdom of priests. It's not physical Israel anymore that are uh, the holy nation. Now it's the church. It's you. You've, you've taken over this role from physical Israel. And now it's, it's spiritual Israel. It's the church that fills this role. That's what he says in his epistle in 2 Peter. But if you back up and look in verse 6, 
all the earth is his. He wants everybody to come to him. But he's chosen, he's determined to use Israel to get to them. Right? In the New Testament, Peter's going to take that thought and bring it into the church's responsibility toward the world. God has determined to make a holy nation, a kingdom of priests out of the church. And it's our responsibility to go and convince them that Jesus really is who he says he is, that he has a plan for them, that he has the way of salvation. We are to tell them uh, of that plan because God loves fellowship with us. And he's gone out of his way. He's made incredible sacrifices so that we can have that fellowship with him. Incredible thought, right? Mind-blowing thought that he would want fellowship with us. The creator wants the creation. But it's true. And he's made sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice to make it so. And so tonight, if you're longing for fellowship with him and you're ready to ignore the consequences... You understand the consequences, but you're willing to ignore them because being close to Him is all that's important in life. You need to be baptized into Christ to have your sins washed away. You can become a brand new creation who's solely focused on His glory and His kingdom and being close to Him. Tonight, maybe you've already made the decision and you're struggling. We want to pray with you that you can be the everything that God would have you to be. If you have any need tonight, why don't you come as we stand and sing. bow with me please father we're thankful for this beautiful day of life you've given us for your son who came and died for each of us we're thankful for this time to hear this lesson pray that you give us strength and courage to 
do more of your will. We're thankful for this congregation and for Chris and David and their families working here with us, and we pray that you continue to bless them. Be with David at this time as he has COVID again, and pray that he has a speedy recovery. Bless our others that are sick and our shut-ins, and be with those that are in our hospitals, and especially be with Jimmy Wilgus at this time, and bless him. Be with my sister Carolyn, and pray that she continues to improve, and watch over our others, our shut-ins, and bless them. Be with the young people, Father, that are about to leave home for the first time to go to college. We pray you bless them and that they will enjoy this time and and, and learn and, and, and grow and watch over them and protect them. Bless our us as we're about to go to our Bible classes at this time that you'll uh, help us to study to show ourselves approved. Bless us, Father, as we leave here shortly that uh, we have safe passage home and be able to return again. Forgive us of our sins. Watch over our sick and our shut-ins. In thy son's name we pray, and amen.